Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Narrative Live on a Friday night. It's the after show, my favorite time of the week, because there's never any news to talk about. We just sort of get to chat about whatever we want for a full hour. I wish that were the case, but it definitely is not uh, on this week. There's so much news. I can't even remember what happened this week. Uh, hello to the panel today. Uh, LB is on the phone today. Hi, LB. Nice to hear Hi, you. We can't see you. Um, and that's not Eric. And that's not Eric Garland, you see up there. That's Jane uh, Jean Guerrero, the author of uh, the book Hate Monger about uh, Stephen Miller. And I'll correct the, the graphics there in a second. Uh, Greg Oliari is here, and so is Eric Garland. Hey, guys, how's everybody's week been? Intense. Yeah, it's been tough. So let's talk about today, because today has been spectacularly busy in terms of news. Uh, we have the President of the United States now at Walter Reed, where he was transported in quite a spectacular style uh, on this helicopter, uh, along with his chief of staff and various other insiders with him in, on that helicopter. Sun, sun was setting. It looked like a Mark Burnett production to me. Uh, but I'm not saying that anything is you know untowards here. I think we're seeing a, a genuine first in American history where the president of the United States has contracted an so far incurable um, virus. And he's in a very, very difficult position because he is in a uh, high risk group. Um, let's get the historical context first, I guess, from uh, Greg. What do you think about uh, how this fits into our entire historical world, uh, modern history of America? And then, uh, and then we can get your feelings about how you feel about him having put us through all of this. I mean, the whole thing is, I don't know about the, the historical feel. This has been a, a, an intense and crazy and ultimately sad day for the country because I, I woke up at five o'clock and was immediately told by my wife and son that, you know, Trump had tested positive for COVID as had the first lady. And like probably everyone on our side, the first response is, okay, is it true or not? Because you can't believe anything that these people say. And then you feel like a jerk uh, for not believing something like that. And, you know, I go online and I try to look at the clues and yeah, it seems legit. I mean, there's, there's too many things that suggest that it's true. Uh, and then during the course of the day, um, more and more people test positive for COVID or announce that they've test positive. We already knew that Hope Hicks was positive for it. And we only knew that because Jennifer Jacobs at Bloomberg broke the story. Otherwise they never would have told us. Apparently then it was found out that, um, the Amy Coney, uh, Barrett, uh, ceremony that they had over the weekend was the spreader event. So you have Ronna Romney McDaniel, sick, the head of the RNC. You have Senator Mike Lee from Utah. Um, you have possibly other people that I'm forgetting about. Everybody is in question. And there was this horrible moment when I'm worried about Biden, honestly. As soon as that debate started, I said, please, God, don't let them shake hands. Don't shake hands with this guy. And I was so glad when when Chris Wallace uh, said that they weren't going to do that. And uh, I, I felt like a big, you know, uh, black cloud over me until I got the news that Biden had tested negative, even though him testing negative today doesn't mean he won't test positive tomorrow. It's, it's as I understand it, it's not necessarily an out of the woods thing. And then now he's uh, Trump is now he, he films this weird video which maybe was filmed today, maybe it was filmed two days ago, who knows? And I apparently walks under his own power to the helicopter, which is placed far away, you know, behind trees so nobody can really get a good look at it. And as we know, the medical facilities at the White House are really, really good. So why are they bringing him to Walter Reed unless something is serious or they're really anticipating something serious? Meanwhile, they say he has, his symptoms are mild. Um, and he did talk, he did walk. So who knows? I don't know what to believe. I don't think anybody knows what to believe, but this is a sad day for the country, uh, for me, because we, we knew something like this was going to happen because you can't have, 
grifting incompetence running the federal government for four years and not have it end catastrophically. And I'm sad and I'm angry at the Republicans for allowing this to fester the way that it has. And, you know, the whole we're, we're a laughing stock of the world right now. And it's embarrassing and sad. And that's the only way I can feel. I know people are happy about it. I'm not happy about it. I just, oh, no. I just feel yeah, you yeah. can't be happy about this. I mean, no one should ever expect anyone to want anyone to be sick. And and I shared your real fear this morning that something might be uh, messed with Biden because it took about four hours, you know, to get the the results out from when he might have been up early in the morning and and had time to have a test or maybe two. Um, the the announcement that he was negative only came out at around noon, which was so late compared to everybody else. So I you know you assume he has doctors traveling with him. But that point, we'd already heard that uh, Trump uh, himself had tested positive, that Melania had, Hope Hicks had, and Lee had. So it was certainly looking um, like there was you know, a super spreader event, if you want, or a lot more than, than just a couple of people. And then all those people at the bottom there are, are negative, which I think is also interesting because some of them were traveling um, with the president in Air Force One uh, back and forth for the last few days. So why is it only Hope Hicks out of the entire entourage that is um, that is uh, positive. I mean, we're glad that it's only that, but still, it's uh, it's interesting that uh, the, so far it seems like it's pretty limited in its in its spread. Um, Eric, where were you when you heard the news, and and uh, what did you immediately think? Um, well, I was on an internet connection, uh, s separated from the the rest of the human race, and in a, in a uh, safe. <laughs> way or maybe it's just my personality i'm trying to wall off from folks just but for public safety all of that <laughs> um and you know i uh you know i don't want to go into conspiracy theory but i you know it's funny mentioning that you you can't really believe what these people are saying right mm. and there's been so much propaganda so many outright lies all of the sudden believing a a, a trickle like this, uh, you know, you gotta have a lot of doubt at this point. Um, I will say, you know, we have a month left before the Russian agents are going to be stripped out of the white house. Cause mm. I don't think there's a particularly good chance that, uh, uh, that Trump is going to prevail over Biden with everything that, uh, we're learning and we're going to learn in the next few weeks. Um, we're in a very delicate dance because this country has, over 10,000 active nuclear warheads. We've got six aircraft carriers, submarines, et cetera, and so on, as well as the world's financial system. Uh, we've gotten ourselves in a real tough spot the last four years with these people allowed to dig in and you know sabotage different functions in the United States. And to swap that out in this manner as the as we find out that the Trump administration itself has been trying to make the very election that would finally legally get rid of this traitor, um, not by not not by a deep state coup, but by the the, the will of the people, um, that they've been trying to make that illegitimate, just like they were in 2016. Only this time, they they didn't have Obama as president; they had the reins of power themselves. So you can put. Lewis to join in at the U.S. Postal Service and have him just rip up infrastructure that we all paid for with the sole and unique purpose of making the one thing that would get get rid of Trump legally um, and not, you know, not indicting him, getting him out that way. But just the will of the people, this was, you know, we, we were there we thereby sanctified the 2016 election. Yeah, there was propaganda. There was tomfoolery. But you know what? That's how it turned out. And this is how this turned out. They're stopping. They have been stopping our ability to do that. And we haven't learned the total degree. We're now seeing the governors step up. And I mean, Governor Abbott in Texas, you know, yanking down dozens of places where you could vote. Oh, we just need one place to vote. Something, something. I mean, it's just so very obvious what they're doing um it's it's very clear that the whole world hinges on on how we get this guy out of office oh, um, for sure it's uh, and it's so good. we're in a delicate dance right now and so you know i look very i'll just say i look very carefully at every piece of news that's coming out and go hmm what what could what does that mean for us right now and right now i, I go might we end up with a president Pelosi at least for some period of time uh, if these people who are so cavalier about health policy end up being unable to exercise their jobs? She's number three in line. 
Hmm. I guess we'll find out. She uh, she certainly is taking precautions now to make sure she's well, but you know she doesn't view it as a as a real possibility uh, anytime in the near future. But uh, who knows what will happen? Twenty twenty has been the year of anything goes. Jean, what about you? When where were you, and uh, and what's your initial reaction to this? Well, I just found out, you know, late at night as I was heading to bed, and I, you know, my initial reaction was just. Obviously, you know what, what a lot of people were thinking about how you know this is what happens when you're downplaying this grave public health threat, and as recently as the debates downplaying the importance of taking safety precautions like wearing masks, um, and you know it's also what happens when the person that you rely on most for advice when it comes to homeland security issues is uh, Stephen Miller, a person who is an extremist, uh, as I documented in my book, you know, a person who came into this position with um, no prior policy experience, no prior national security experience, and who turned the Department of Homeland Security into, you know, the political weapon that it is today, rather than focusing on all of the threats that Americans face, you know, all of the things that the Department of Homeland Security is supposed to protect Americans from, you know, cyber warfare, uh, you know, domestic terrorism and pandemics into, he, he, he narrowed it into something that was very much focused on the immigration issue and now this year, the Black Lives Matter issued trying to conflate anti-racist protesters with some kind of grave threat to the American people when in fact the threat was, you know, the pandemic and also coming as well from right-wing extremism, which you see the president breathing life into. So they're, they've been playing with fire for a long time and you know, seeing that the president is is suffering the consequences of this himself is is not a surprise, and and you just have to hope that it serves as a wake up call to his administration and and to his followers that this is a pandemic that you know everybody is vulnerable to it, regardless of whether you think it's real or not, and we we all need to take it seriously, and hopefully this will you know encourage the administration to take the advice of. Homeland Security and public health officials a lot more seriously, rather than focusing on individuals like Stephen Miller, who um, all are all about politics, all about, uh, you know, creating spectacles of demonization to distract from the, the crisis that is the Trump administration. I thought about you a lot on the debate night, which seems like about a year ago, but it was only it was Tuesday night or was it Wednesday night? I can't remember. <laughs> but the, uh, when, when he was bringing up the Proud Boys and he said, you know, stand down and stand by or whatever expression he used. And you could feel that all the extremists that I follow online, or the extremist researchers that I follow online were saying that the people that they know took that as a real thumbs up, as a, as a you know, get ready to go. Uh, and I was thinking about you and your stories about how Stephen Miller was, got so radicalized um, and how these Proud Boys are probably have been through the same kind of extremism uh, radicalization that's been happening online to them. Um, well, what did you think when you heard that? Well, I just automatically thought, you know, that this is the influence that Stephen Miller has had over Trump, helping to to radicalize Trump and and help helping him to believe that inciting white fear and white hatred and these far right militia groups is a winning strategy, you know. Trump believes that he won the election in 2016 because of Stephen Miller's mastery over how to incite white fear. Then it was using the immigration issue. Now, as I said, they're using these anti-racist protests and and dog whistling to groups like the Proud Boys uh, to to you know further incite chaos in the streets, which they can use as as a campaign strategy to to you know in, enhance this law and order theme that. Um, you know, that, that the president has been using. Um, and yeah, you know, the, the Proud Boys, they're, they're a far right organization who have been, who many of whom have expressed views sympathetic to white nationalism and white supremacists, who, when you look at the Department of Homeland Security's own data, you know, they represent the gravest threat to America when it comes to extremist-related attacks. You know, a, a majority, a, a great majority of extremist-related plots and attacks are tied to right-wing and white supremacist extremists like the Proud Boys, mm -hmm. who are in Portland, you know, really sort of stirring things up and, and, and provoking conflicts with 
um, anti-racist protesters. Which is another reason you can't really believe what Trump does or says, because he is involved in instigating all these things that he then tries to come in and rescue. Um, LB, tell us about your uh, your story of learning about this. And, and I know we were on the phone pretty early. So, uh, you know, it's been a process today to really try and figure out whether this has been a real event that we can believe. Oh, well, I mean, I saw it last night right before I nodded off. And um, so, I, I, you know, my phone was, as all of our phones were just sort of blowing up and, oh, my God. Um, and then got up this morning and, and was sort of looking at it. And my, fir my first reaction was, no, I don't, I don't believe it. Um, I'm going to be honest. Simply because it, it just we, we don't get any truth or facts. Everything is a, is a charade. Everything's kabuki. Everything's about trying to own the news cycle. He was, you know, it's binging off what Gene was just talking about. You know, he really was on the hook in a bad way for... Um, his slip up with the Proud Boys. He knows exactly who they are. He knows Gavin McGinnis. They, of, course, of course. It's just ridiculous. He's not even an American. He's Canadian. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's just a ridiculous... Those that's Canadians. All, that whole, <laughs> all those, those naughty Canadians. But, you know, my, my point being, it, it, all of that is an orchestration as well. Um, and so it's, it's difficult. And then looking at it and absorbing it all day and sort of seeing, okay, well, this is... If it's not real, it's quite an operation. Like you, you now have Walter Reed, you have doctors involved. It's quite a wag the dog moment to try to pull this off as if this guy didn't test positive. So let's say he has it. Now I think we have to really think about this. Um, and what was really coming on me lately, kind of washing over my thoughts, was where does this leave us, right? And why, how could this have happened? with the president of the United States. I know he puts out, he's been putting out his disinformation intentionally from day one. He's always known how deadly it is. He always has known it's airborne before they would even tell us that it was. He's known all of these things. Um, he does take care with his health. He does have the secret service around him. Um, yeah, there are irresponsible fools and he's, he's a fool as well, uh, but you don't mess around with the health of the president of the United States, you know, as as incompetent as that whole this whole administration is, there are people and processes in there that are about protecting the president. So mm -hmm. then, then you think, okay, this is actually what we were warned about with the opening up, with the schools opening up, with this whole mm -hmm. thing that was sort of decided. Mm -hmm in early to mid-August of it's just was decided, okay, we're done with trying to, we, you know, there was no plan to address it. Um, let's just, 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 we're just going to go on with life as normal, right? And everything's going to go back to normal. I mean, and, and we're just going to go. We just got to live through this, everybody. We're not, we, we're just going to do it. And so that sort of mindset and that decision, it, we were warned by October, it's going to really get bad. It got bad with the president of the United States. It got to him. So then I start thinking about, holy shit, how many more Americans are going to die? How many more Americans are going to die? I think for me, that's the takeaway of this, of if this being real, this just isn't, it's a, it's a thermometer that if it got to the president, just think of the hundreds of thousands of Americans that are going to die now because of just the constant fumbling and the irresponsible mismanagement of this whole thing and the intentional infliction of harm. This is mass death like we have just never seen and it is coming for us. So that that is the place I'm at right now. I'm very concerned for my fellow Americans. I always have been and I'm really worried for us right now. Um, now, I'm also worried, look, all these radicals, you know, these guys, these extremists, these you know, they all start as actors, right? They, they, they are around Donald and, and around Roger Stone, right? Like Gavin McGinnis. Um, but it, it, they need a guy, right? They need their avatar to be around to sort of say, we're fighting for Donald, we're fighting for Trump. If, if uh, I don't want him to die in office either, Greg, I don't, I, I want, I, for all kinds of reasons, I, I, I want the president to survive this. Um, I don't want him to die president. I want him stripped of that 
title. Yeah. I want him to face justice, all that stuff, but also I don't wish harm on anybody. But if he were to die, then that all of that stuff, it's just, it, it truly is, you guys, it just dissipates. There's no, what are they going to rally around Mike Pence? I mean, what, it, it's, so that's gone, right? And it's dark to think this way, but we're now forced into these extremes. That's been the whole goal of this administration and the bad actors behind them, who Eric was pointing out, is to force this nation to crack us in half and force us into these extreme ends. And the extreme ends now that we're facing is, okay, Trump survives the virus. He's going to come out with his fist pumping and probably spew some conspiracy, which is already getting floated now by all of his operative of, it's the deep state that did it to me, or the Democrats mm -hmm. did this to me. Or some, mm -hmm. Spew some horrible conspiracy that's going to inflame everything even bigger with it also inside of there. He still gets to hang on to this Christ-like stuff that they've been pumping up for him of being the chosen one. Oh, he survived. Mm -hmm. He's godlike. Right? So that's coming for us if he survives. And if he doesn't survive this, then the whole thing sort of it really does fall flat. I mean, it, it just, then we're in that space. I mean, well, it doesn't it's just, survive as it's, uh, yeah. it, it doesn't survive. We're in these, we're now in that, that extreme. It's literally the life and death of the presidency is forcing our nation into these two extreme outcomes, depending on what happens. Now, do you want to advertise on narrative live? Well, we have partnered with advertised cast to handle our advertising and sponsorship requests. They're great to work with, and they'll help you advertise on our show. Please email sales at advertisecast.com or visit our show notes page. You'll find that in your podcast player where we describe what's on this week's show. Is that all we have is this, is this one statement, really? I mean, we have his tweets. We have her tweets. They you know, say we're going to survive this together. There's already some sort of theme that they are bridging between those two. And then we have, you know, the chief of staff came out, sure, but he wasn't even wearing a mask, didn't look that concerned. Um, and he, uh, Mark Meadows, and he gave a press conference that was fine, you know, didn't seem like he was that concerned about what was going on. And all we have is this press release that, uh, um, I forget her name now, the press secretary, she, uh, Kaylee, Kaylee uh, puts out this press release, which sure, it says that, the, you know, he's tested positive and he's feeling all these symptoms. But that's not the kind of thing in the years that I've covered television news and, and radio news for that matter. When something happens to the leader of a state, things happen in a very different kind of fashion. We normally see the, you know, normally first you see the doctors come out, you see the spokespeople, but then you see the doctors and they come and explain to people exactly what's wrong. It took 12 hours or something, even longer for this statement to come out today. Um, and then we still haven't seen the doctor. All we've seen is the president of the United States on a Twitter feed saying, hey, I'm going to be okay and I'm heading over to Walter Reed. And I believe that this, the, you know, you have to take these facts as facts because it's still what's going on in front of our very eyes. But we have, we are relying on the word of a White House that is known to be a bold-faced liars about absolutely everything. So how, how are we to know whether this is real or not? I mean, I'll take their word for it now because what else can we do? But it's, isn't it unusual to you guys? Do you find it as strange as I do that we've just not seen real doctors out there saying, hey, this is, the, this is what our president is going through right now. This is why we're transporting him to Walter Reed. The flip side of that is that he doesn't want the real doctors because he's worse than they're letting on. I mean, that would be the reason why. When I woke up this morning and I heard that he and Melania had tested positive, okay, but once all these other people that were around them have tested positive, the president, or the former president of Notre Dame, who was at that event, mm. Senator Mike Lee, they're not, all those people are not faking. And I think LB's point was a good one that the Secret Service is not going to, if they, the Secret Service, I don't think would allow him to fake this, you know? Um, and it brings up, so I'm, I'm looking at the comments, and people had asked a while ago about the, uh, remember, we were on, live when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed, when news mm. of that came out, and they wanted to try to ram the new judge through. And, um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. I, I tweeted last week that, that um, you know, Mitch McConnell was like an elite quarterback running a two-minute drill, and probably he would score and they would win, but we don't know that. Mm. And this has really thrown this out of whack. I don't think that they're going to be able to get her through 
before the election. I think they, they first of all, she's going to have to quarantine herself since she, from what we can tell, A, has had COVID and B, is uh, near everybody that has caught it. So for all we know, she's the spreader. I mean, all and if, if people on the, the committee have it, they also have to quarantine. That's two weeks that are just shot. So anybody that, time people that were, uh, you know, they're running out of time. Can they do it after the election? Sure. But before the election, I don't think they're going to have time to do it. That's good. There's a, so many ripple effects of this. But the most obvious one is that, especially because, again, she her visit to the White House seems to be the event that sparked this from hap to, mm -hmm. into happening. Um, one more point to make before it floats out of my brain, and I think we're all going to want to comment on this anyway, is that they did not tell the Biden people that oh, yeah. this was happening. They didn't say anything about Hope Hicks. They showed up there late, according to Chris Wallace. They were on the honor system about COVID testing. None of them were wearing masks. That alone is impeachable. I mean, how is that any different from like having AIDS and sleeping with people unprotected and not telling them about it? It's no different. You know, which is a it's felony, isn't thing. it? Yes, it is. So I think all of those people should be that that right there is impeachable. It's it's unconscionable that they would do that. And the Secret Service fucked up big time, too, because they should have known and Biden should have been informed. That should not have happened. Biden should not have been in that room, period. Well, you know, it's really it's, it feels like Trump did not follow the rules. It feels like he didn't actually have no way a real test. No way. But, they, you know, he didn't have a test going in with the doctors that he was meant to have. And then his family, this whole brood of people show up and it's a picture of them here. I know it's just positive there and I apologize for that. It just came from a different graphic. But you see the, this whole, his kids are all there without masks right in front of the president and, his, and the other candidates. And they're just sitting there breathing out air, you know, that could be now it could be, but it's mostly proven now that they're all negative. But it could have been um, COVID um, aeros aerosolized uh, fragments, whatever yeah. you call them. I mean, that seems to me like an astonishingly selfish act. You know, you had all of them show up with n with no protection at all. And then on the other side, you had the Biden camp who were, who were you know, following protocol, listening to the rules. And these guys were just flouting it completely. Just, just completely, you know, it just makes you so angry. Except for Melania, who was wearing a mask, which probably means that was the fake Melania or whatever. That was the first <laughs> thing I thought when I saw it. Oh, probably some, in, you know. Did, yeah. I think she took it off when she got inside. So. I'm just yeah. kidding. I don't really think it's the fake Melania. But uh, I did notice that she was wearing one. But probably because she knew she was sick. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Now, Eric, you've got some news um, around Eric uh, Trump and some, some other things. Well, apparently, uh, Eric Trump is now scheduled to testify under oath. He's not going to argue with the New York uh, investigators for all that fraud stuff, and he's going to be doing it by video on Monday. Monday. Oh, interesting. That's good, though, because yeah. they want their top guy uh, invest, you know, testifying first. I'm sure Eric won't screw this up at all. <laughs> the fullest confidence. For, for a minute, they came out of the closet, I thought, this last week, and then, and then it turned out that wasn't oh, That was so <laughs> weird, Zeb. So I know. Strange. The whole thing is he so broke so many hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Such a hard like You could take that both ways, too. <laughs> I was like, no, we don't want you. We still don't know. He still doesn't clarify. It. Maybe he'll clarify it on the stand. Oh, he um, doesn't understand anything. He just needs his Twizzlers. He probably does, poor guy. He um, really does. Halloween is coming for him, and he will he'll be fine. He'll get his candy. This is the New York State case, right? This is not the uh, Cyrus Vance case. This is the New York State case about his charity, yes. the cancer charity. And they, and they wanted to push that until after the election, and something's changed in the, in the last week or so. Apparently, he's amenable to uh to meeting with investigators hmm. who knows there is, there is a lot to distract from i will say again i know i'm leading into the conspiratorial side and i don't think this is a conspiracy but there is a lot of, for them to distract from and they've been pretty good at distracting up to now i mean that that tape of melania talking to her friend um which aired last night on cnn i put the i'm working like a ass my ass i know christmas stuff that you know who gives a f about christmas stuff and decoration but it's just it's just, just remarkable <laughs> as a little Christmas card if anyone wants it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, make it a, I'll make it a digital download. Actually, for I, I, I kind of would buy it. But, uh, <laughs> there's a market for the first time they turn a profit on something. <laughs> <laughs> because this is this is when she 
did this particularly interesting design for the Christmas trees when she was like complaining about having to do this is when she created this, you know, bloodied scene out of you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever it's from. So, you know, she's... Uh, the, I haven't heard it. The audio says, fuck Christmas. Is that she it? She basically says she fucks Christmas because she wants to... Uh, uh, she, you know, she, she's complaining. I wish I could remember the actual tape. But she, fuck she's puppies and grandmothers and I hate luggage that shows up when, when you fly someplace and fuck breakfast cereal and fuck Christmas. <laughs> she's awesome. Because she's got to do these Christmas trees and she's got to do these Christmas decorations. And at the same time, you know, fuck the kids because she also she also had to try to get them to really, you know, reunited with their parents. And it's, you know, it's just this endless parade of just selfishness that you just see. And um, I don't, you know, if you're going to try to distract from something, that would be something to try and distract from. And maybe, maybe they were doing I, that. I, right. I, I would, I'm sorry. No, I would argue that the Melania tape is the distraction. Who gives right. a <laughs> shit about her? She, I've said this, but she's the most boring person in this entire thing. The, the less said about her, the better. Honestly, there's all these, all the other people are the ones that are doing the real crimes. I mean, right. is she a Russian handler or something? Maybe, but, uh, okay. you know, she, she's working for them. She's one of them. She always was. You know, let's focus on the on the people yeah. that matter that are that are really criming, um, like you know, like Stephen Miller. Yeah, can we talk yes. about Parscale? Can we talk we about can, Parscale? We can, but I just want to, I do want to talk to Jean quickly about this about this tape because she does talk about the um, the you know the, the the way she views these immigrant uh, separations that have been, that have been happening on the border and the way the these kids have been separated from their parents. She just views them as as a, an irritant, it seems to me. And I know Jean's been to to many of those camps and has covered this story for a while. And I was really interested in your perspective on, on yeah. all of that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just absurd. She talks about how she doesn't understand why people get mad at the Trump administration for systematically separating children from their parents because Obama did it too, which is completely, you know, a distortion of reality. Um, you know, from my reporting for the book, it's clear that from January of 2017, Stephen Miller had uh, written these executive orders that gave the Department of Homeland Security uh, free reign to detain asylum seekers regardless of whether they had prior criminal records. Uh, so they eliminated the system of prioritization that existed within the Department of Homeland Security under the Obama administration, where they tried to prioritize detaining people with, you know, who, who had crossed illegally or who had committed serious crimes. And, and so they eliminated that. And this is why even before they announced the zero tolerance policy, where they went after all families crossing the border illegally, even before that, you saw these systematic family separations where asylum seekers were not breaking any laws. They were presenting themselves legally at ports of entry. I spoke to one father from El Salvador who had his one-year-old uh, Mateo uh, taken from his arms and he was separated from him for eight months without knowing where he was uh you know you know real trauma that was caused on purpose because stephen miller thought that this performance of cruelty would deter uh further immigration from central america and he could achieve his goal of, of maintaining a white majority in the united states so there was real systematic family separations that happened under the Trump administration that continue to happen today because of that executive order uh, from January of, of 2017. Even though they, you know, s supposedly ended the policy, they're still happening. And so, you know, like how, how long have these kids been kept for? You said eight months in in one case. Has, what's the what's the average length of time that these these children are being separated from their from their parents? Well, so it depends. I mean, during the, the formal like zero tolerance policy, they, they were separated for several months at a time, um, up to up to a year in some cases. There, there were cases where more than 400 cases where the parents were deported without their children. And so the struggle to reunite them there, uh, you know, took even longer. Um, but, you know, it's hard to quantify because there isn't anybody currently tracking these separations. There, there was, you know, for a time, um, you know, there was a time, there was a time when, when the, the administration was scrambling to, to figure out where these se separation, where these separated parents and children were, and they were able to, to, to put hundreds of them back together. But the, the fact is that because the administration doesn't acknowledge that this is a continuing practice at the border mm -hmm. there is there are no re real records of you know which children are being separated from their parents and how long that, that those those separations right. are happening they, they also don't they've never known the number but they have children separated but they have put out one number 
they put out the number 1,488 children mm -hmm. separated. And anybody who understands the coded language, and it's not hard to understand this, of of uh, neo-Nazis and white, white supremacists knows what the number 1488 means. So they have taken this child separation uh, policy as well as uh, just the whole, uh, their whole, Stephen Miller's entire immigration policy and weaponized it with the coded language and specifically the numbers. There's several instances of this um, coming out of, and it's coming out of HHS. And I was on a a really hard hunt for like, where did that number come from? I want to know, because it was given also to a committee um, and no one on the committee, even the Democrats weren't investigating, like, how did you come to this number? Where did this come from? This is a very specific number. This is not something that just gets generated out of, you know, uh, you know, the odds are you're going to come up with a number like around 1500 or something. It was very specific. And I could not Hang get on. any answers. I couldn't get answers from committee members. I couldn't get answers from staff of where this number came from, only that it came out of HHS. Um, and they couldn't even tell me who there. This was when Kristen Nielsen was also still running things. Um, so a lot of that, uh, you know, as much as she tries after the fact that she's doing all this distancing and, you know, trying to be a source for yeah, people. I didn't buy it with her at all. Because good guy stuff. She was in there when this, when this stuff was going on. And she's actually, um, you know, when the first use of the 14 words, which is a neo-Nazi, you know, and it's all about out that the whole mentality is about. We have to, you know, breed more white babies to breed out the brown babies. That's it's coming out of that philosophy, from a from a uh, a very prominent neo-Nazi that was in prison for a long time, and he crafted all this uh, coded language. So we don't you know, know who, how many num what the real number is either. Presumably. We don't know what the real number is. Number. They just keep giving us the numbers that either are related to fourteen words or eighty-eight, which is a symbol for Heil Hitler. So they just keep pushing those numbers at us. It's going to be decades of us dealing with this, you know, it's because these, yeah. I mean, what have we done to these children? It's just uh, shocking what know. we've done to them for their entire lives. Um, Jean, when was yeah. the, you know, what, what, what is the update on that situation there? Like, I mean, uh, it sounds to me like it's just a continuing thing that people are just ignoring right now. I mean, what's, it's, well, there's so, so many other big stories. I know. So, well, so now they're using the pandemic to just turn everyone away, including children who come here fleeing violence. You know, they're just using it as an excuse to systematically tell everyone that they, you know, that the United States is full and that we don't have any room for, for anyone. So they've effectively destroyed the asylum system as we know it at the US-Mexico border. They've they've destroyed the refugee admission system. You know, we're hitting new historic lows every year. We just hit the new historic low of 13,000 that we will be admitting next year. Um, so this reputation that the United States had for a while across the globe of being a beacon of hope and refuge for people, including children, fleeing persecution has has been deliberately destroyed by Stephen Miller and his allies within the Trump administration. And in part, you know, as I show in the book, you using policies that come directly from think tanks funded by eugenicists, by white supremacists who believe in population right. control for non-white people. The, the goal here has nothing to do with homeland security, even though they launder these white supremacist ideas through the language of heritage and, and national security. The goal mm -hmm. is about demographic, you know, re-engineering the ethnic flows into this country to keep black and brown families out. And that is a fact, like, right. you, you know, you look at the the policies and where Stephen Miller is pulling the, them from, you look at the white nationalist and white supremacist literature that he is clearly sympathetic to based on his recommendations uh, to his friends. And it's just clear as day that the motive here has has everything to do with, with demographics, with race, um, with white supremacy. That's right. She's right. And, yeah, Dean, I, I, have a, I have a question. I'm, uh, yeah, and have you run into the group Numbers USA? That's one of the groups that I'm talking about. There's, I mean, mm. the Federation for American Immigration Reform is the group of those three think tanks. There's Numbers USA, Federation for Immigra mm. American Immigration Reform, and a Center for Immigration Studies. All of those were propped up by John Tanton, this John Tanton. eugenicist. Yep. But, but mm -hmm. FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, is the one that put out this blueprint for the Trump transition team on immigration policy in November of 2016. And Stephen Miller has adopted that 
uh, almost verbatim in his in his policies. Huh? Because they're they're you know they're for for the readers that for I'm sorry for uh, viewers at home who aren't familiar with John Tanton who's passed on. Uh, mm -hmm. No doubt to hell, uh, you know his his work and the policy work. It's it, it sounds more fringe than than it actually is when you you find out that uh, they've been allowed a lot more influence, a lot more with, power, uh, a lot more influence. The, I mean, when you when you when you uh, you know, I came across some of Tanton's work and uh, some of its its being mainstreamed. And when I when I read some of the ideas, I'm like, so this is some you know some holdover, uh, you know, in Argentina, right? Who got out in '46 or thing? It's like now nah, this is right now, and they're getting you know they're getting grants and they're the right yep. position papers and pretty shocking stuff. Exactly. I mean, they're used as sources frequently uh, by media outlets looking for quote unquote balance. You know, you you interview a pro-immigration attorney and then you interview one of these think tanks to get the anti-immigration side. And these are think tanks that are recognized as hate groups by the Southern Poverty Law Center because, you know, of their clear hateful origins. Um, but they've been able to worm their way into the mainstream, including, you know, testifying before Congress as quote unquote experts right. because of the way that they launder these ideas through this pseudo intellectual, uh, you know, these pseudo intellectual narratives about how immigrants are allegedly a threat to American prosperity or American national security. And you look at the research in it shows the opposite but these these think tanks have been allowed uh to to have a real say on on policy and it's what it is partly why we are seeing the crises that we are seeing today in terms of public health in terms of domestic terrorism because this administration has completely turned a blind eye to the real threats that we face as americans and and has you know followed the path of of white nationalists as far as what the policies are yeah, I would argue well, it's even darker than that. I would I would argue yeah. it's darker than turning a blind eye. That they're really, if you yeah. get underneath the communication network and the in the infosphere, if you look at how they're all coordinating their semantics, where they're coming from, what the think tanks, as you say, how they're working with the PR firms, how there's a chain of uh, of inform information flow that you can connect right underneath. You know, uh, it, it's Alex Gibney did a really great job. Um, I haven't talked a lot about his documentary that he that or docu series that he's done um, about uh, chaos agents or agent chaos, mm, agents uh, of chaos, agents of chaos, and and how misinformation gets spread. But the thing to pay attention to also in what he shows is the architecture between blogs, think tanks, news wires, oh, right? Yeah. How you can get how you can launder these ideas even into the discourse. How you can get it in there to so people just start talking about it and not understanding who's behind it, where it comes from, and how coordinated it is. Everybody in this administration knows exactly how coordinated all of this is. Um, it, there is no mystery to, to Stephen Miller um, or anyone else around him about how they, where they get their ideas, how they launder their ideas, how they share their ideas, how they spread their ideas. Steve Bannon as well has been on this bandwagon for a very long time much the, longer the, than anybody realizes. There's an organization called, sorry. Hijacking the conversation. It's just about, it, it, this is proper, it's propaganda, but it's, it's for, it is for a specific aim as all propaganda is. There is a very specific targeted aim for this sort of eugenics laced propaganda. Um, and and don't, don't think the White House is just, the, the commentary for me that gets frustrating is when Folks cast Donald Trump of like, well, maybe he knows who the Proud Boys are, but he, they're his followers and he doesn't like ever saying anything bad about anybody who likes him. That is so wrong. I can't even tell you how off that is. It is such bullshit. It's, he knows exactly there. It's not that he won't, he's afraid of upsetting the white supremacists. He's fuel. He knows who they are. He, he created half of these people. These are, he's underneath, he's underneath even them. He's not just sitting there as a benefactor on the outside. He's fueling all this stuff. Um, and the money behind him is the same money going into this shit, right? Well, that's what I was so, going to mention is the Atlas uh, Network, yeah. which is this Coke-funded thing that exists across the world. And it basically creates think tanks in different countries where they want to you know, introduce libertarian thinking 
but it's not libertarian thinking. It's really white Very nationalism. Very Kremlin intelligence, yeah. is it not? And then Eric? they then they bring people into these uh, <laughs> into these think tanks, groom them for government, give them you know positions of That's influence right. in media, and then when they're ready, they flip them into the government. You know, it's happened in Brazil. That's it's true. happened in a few places around the world, and it's they're a legit organization. And Nikki Haley has connections to them, amongst others, and it's all coke funded. So. This is not just, you know, an accidental tripping over some, you know, some followers that uh, that are causing trouble. This is an organized global effort to to do this. And it's horrifying, really. There's no other there's no other way to describe it. Well, and now that they have access to an agency with an intelligence or a department with an intelligence agency in it, mm -hmm. and that's the Department of Homeland Security with INA intelligence and analysis. One of the biggest scandals, I don't know if we've been, if anyone could cover this enough, that the whistleblower from about a month ago, um, we're seeing the fruits of this, that INA was told by Trump's goons to cover up Russia's election interference, which we now know from Senator Chris Murphy. He's just started talking last night, a really mm -hmm. important thread about that, that that's so important because Russia's attacks on this democracy they're way bigger in 2020 than they were in 2016, which makes way sense different. because this is quite existential because they're caught all their, you know, these decades of these operations, whether the domestic or foreign doesn't really matter. That whole network of nasty is caught. So they're, they are like a cornered animal right now. And you've got DHS that's covering up that, but they're also covering up the thing that Russian intelligence happens to also want on us soil, which is civil war. That's violence. And they, they were told not to tell Congress of the threats of these various right-wing groups that the president is dog-whistling to in a, in, a, in a debate. And covered up for Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, they, they were just ordered to protect him in every way. Not just covering up, uh, yeah. supporting, saying, yeah. oh, we gotta, we've got we've to raise sympathy for a 17-year-old taking yeah. a, an assault rifle and, and committing murder. This is, we're through the licking grass. This is not even right-wing stuff. This is... And I, I think, you know, uh, you know, as radicalized, you know, in a sincere way, as many of these these lost scumbags may have become the, the ultimate. This is ultimately serving some even darker forces that just want to see the absolute worst in humanity come out in the United States, mm. which yeah. remains the beacon. So and to destroy America. So Ratcliffe, um, you know, you you have some thoughts on him, I presume. Well, we crossed a new barrier. Uh, this week, where uh, what I, who I call faux DNI, uh, it's different than his predecessor, Tinder Spy, um, or Grinder <laughs> DNI. Um, you know, uh, Ratcliffe, who is one of the least qualified humans for anything, really, definitely a director of national intelligence, crossed a new line and laundered in intelligence product saying maybe Hillary Clinton set up the investigation into Trump to catch him for the, to frame him for Russia attacking her so that she could lose and he could win. Anyway, it's, it's too so dumb convoluted to, to get crazy, into. Yeah. It's right. It's from the Russian intelligence services. So mm -hmm. we have a director of national intelligence taking Russian intelligence product and giving it to our Congress. Yeah. Uh, it's impossible. And people in the intelligence community saying that that's what it is. You yeah. report to him. So you've got complete yeah. dysfunction. He knew he knew exactly what it was. Yeah. It's just like they run with this, run with this. And he's obviously mean, being ordered to do it and he's doing it, but it's just it's every bit of, of trust that we've had in the intelligence community is being destroyed because now what do we believe? And you know it comes well, back to hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Don't let's not lose the fact that the intel the intel agencies who are not made up of the these six to fifteen political appointee scumbags that they put in as traders, the, 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 the agencies are fine for the most part. You know, they have their longtime, longtime staff. They have not been able to subvert those. Um, in fact, the dumbest thing you can try and do is subvert, uh, you know, an American Intel agency on the quick and on the cheap you know, on home soil. It's, it's not a bright idea. Um, this is, you've got the, I mean, think of what they, the administrations they had to go through to get this guy into this position, this desperate, desperate act to get Ratcliffe in as DNI, where he doesn't have any real influence, but he can what take a fistful of some documents that some idiot at the FSB came up with 
and give it to our 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 Congress. That's not whether FBI counterintelligence is you know intelligence yeah. project is good but, or. But the, the battles CIA for the, the hearts and minds of Americans. You know, it's what Americans think that they want to to mess with, and that does work. Because, you know, there are people who listen to Fox News and people listen to Breitbart and, and that's where they get their information from. And so when Ratcliffe releases this conspiracy nonsense, they believe it. And, you know, truth, which is, you know, been a theme throughout this entire hour where you've got no one even believing or being sure that the president is really sick, maybe he isn't, could be, you know, fatally sick, who knows? Um, it's just, we don't even know that truth. Never mind whether the uh, you know Hillary Clinton colluded against him or not, or or whether the concentration camps exist and whether kids are being separated or how many of them are being yeah. separated. We've got, or you know whether coronavirus is is real or not. I mean, there's people in in America who think still that it is a hoax, and so you've got such a, a truth doesn't exist anymore. In in and and that gets very tricky. I don't know how you, I don't even know. I know where you begin to build that back. How you build, build that back? I well, feel like what's going to happen. Oh, go ahead, Eric. I was just going to say to loop this back around to the the importance of the president getting sick. Um, you're seeing this. There, there's some symmetry here. Is like this this propagandist because that's all he is. In addition to being a, a money lauder and a bad one, this propagandist said this thing that does exist. It's chunks of RNA. It's a virus. And viruses do not care about your PR plan or your your manipulation on social media. They just replicate their cells. That's it. So, you know, we're in a post truth world. Not for viruses, we're not. And for viruses, we're in a we're in a fact based world. If you got some RNA that I can combine with and replicate, and it goes to the next cell, great, awesome. We're doing this, and there's no arguing about it. So we get the president who says, "Well, it's not really happening." Well, the RNA, the the, the virus begs to differ, and to the point that it sickened him. So all the people that are part of the Trump train, if you will, they're going to have a lot of cognitive dissonance, and this is going to be an inflection point for them. Like, really, it doesn't exist. We're we're overreacting. Well, the president who has the best health care available on earth, he can't stop getting sick. And and you know, Acosta. There was just an update from Jim Acosta that uh, White House officials have serious concerns about Trump's condition tonight, and his symptoms are worse than those of the First Lady at this point. Um, this is getting real, real quick. And so for everybody that has been lulled into the sense of, oh, well, you know, I can just turn on Fox News, I can log into my personalized Facebook feed of garbage, and it'll tell me what to think and what to say. So I'm in lockstep with the people that I'm told to team up with. That's going to stop when you have, you know, major figures in the right wing propaganda movement drop dead. Yeah. Can't argue. I with think death. there's, I think there's going to be a reckoning point, almost like this is not a great analogy, but when there's a particularly um, destructive house party and it goes all into the backyard and this and that, and it's at night, and then everyone leaves and you wake up the next morning in the sunlight and, and you can then only then see how much destruction has been wrought upon the property. Um, I think mm -hmm. we're going to come to that point, especially with the, the kids in the cages, because it's been they've done a pretty good job, I think, of shutting that away and not letting people take photographs of it and look at it and report on it in an easy way. And. I think that when we really step back and look at all of the shit that's happened, the lies that have been told, all, all of the documents like the, the Zelensky transcripts that remember they they had locked away all these things in the super secret server and mm, all this, are, yeah, all that stuff's going to come MBS out. All the MBS stuff there too. You know, the, right, the MBS stuff, it's all going to come out and it's going to be worse than even we think. And it's going to be horrifying. And at that point, um, you know, where's the spin? Fox News is going to cease to exist because they have not reported on the news. And I think this is also an inflection point for Fox News because their job is to report the fucking news. That's their job. And whether they want to do it with a bias or not, at the end of the day, there has to be a baseline of what is real and what isn't real. And if you're saying and your talking heads are reporting that this is a hoax, it's a scam, it's bullshit, the mask thing is blah, 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 and your own guy 
Is it Walter Reed possibly on the brink of death? I mean, how do you square that? You've been lying to the American people for the last four fucking years. You've been profiting off the lies. You've not been clear to people, even as the the talking heads at Fox, Sean Hannity, who has who has hired Michael Cohen, right? Doesn't disclose that relationship. All this bad stuff. Not to mention, we haven't mentioned the Kim, Kimberly Guilfoyle and all the 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 hostile work environment from hell that that place seems to be. I think Hope Hicks works there for a been. while too. Who? Hope With Hicks. The, I think she worked there for a little. Yeah, bit she did. Well, they all did. It's it's yeah. a revolving door. They go oh, there. They I get their payday. Before. Yeah. They they get their payday. You know mm. they 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 don't make enough money in the White House. They go to Fox. They get their payday. It's that's that's the reward for being shitty liars. And this they're going to be exposed too. And that company is going to go to hell. And I I can't wait till it does. I can't mm. wait till it. By the way, one of those Murdoch brothers was uh, near all those people at the at the. Uh, um, the super spreader event. Lachlan? So, yeah. Lachlan yes, was Lachlan. there? Was Lachlan was oh, there. that's our, that's Lachlan our favorite there. Nazi there. Oh, well, that's yeah. interesting. So, LB, is he Thoughts and prayers, buddy. Thoughts and prayers, motherfucker. What, Eric? What did you ask? Is he our cupcake? Is Lachlan our cupcake? He's our little cupcake. Yeah. I did think that. That Biden's day, I don't know if you saw his speech, and I know it was just his regular stump speech, but he sort of amended it a little bit. But he was really strong. He was really, really strong. And because there's, you know, Trump was basically not able to speak for a little bit, hearing um, what Biden would be like as president in this moment of crisis was really reassuring. Uh, I thought he was, he gave a, a remarkable speech that really, you know, and he was in the heartland. I can't remember exactly. It was Grand Rapids, I think he was at. I think but it was would, Michigan. Yeah. yeah. He talked about Detroit, I think. Yeah, and he really, yeah. uh, you know, he, he is talking directly to the men and women in the middle of this country. And he is going to surprise people, I think, on November 3rd with a huge victory amongst all white men. You know, there's a distinction between uh, white men who've been to college have been in his column for a while, but the, the white men who haven't uh, have stuck with Trump. But I think he is beginning to win them over. And you can sort of see it in the in the, uh, in the the polls from state to state where, where they were much closer before and, and now they're not. Uh, it looks like Biden is really pulling ahead and now Trump really has to win. You know, he has to win Pennsylvania and, and a couple of other really hard to win places. Sorry, Trump has to win a couple of hard to win places to win. I think we're starting to see the tide really, really turn. And it's it's going to come in the same way that Boris Johnson was weirdly able to construct a victory for his election out of the, the, the blue collar workers of the UK. I think that we'll, there'll be a surprise part of the coalition um, come November 3rd. I think it's going to be a pretty broad-based American coalition that votes Trump out, uh, no matter how much stunting he does, or if it's not stunting, no matter what happens in the next few days. Well, and speaking I'll, of Pennsylvania, I agree, by I the way. I Jean nod her head. So you had thoughts. Did you have thoughts there, Jean? No. Oh, yeah. I just feel like this whole strategy of inciting fear is going to be a lot harder to, uh, you know, actually be effective this year because people are just so exhausted and so afraid already. And they're looking for something else now. They're looking for hope. There, There's too much cognitive dissonance, as we were talking about earlier. Um, it's just people want, uh, you know, they, they don't want to feel that fear anymore. And I think that Zev is absolutely right that we're going to see some surprise uh, shifts um, for for Biden. And it's kind of like people are just over, if you can be over scared, I think we're all over scared. I think we're sort of, you know, you've had, so when you're over tired, you just can't, you're just, well, now I'm awake. So uh, you keep going. Um, At some point, the night, the nightmare is upon you. And yeah. uh, I was having a talk with a friend last night about, uh, about Nazi propaganda. What was going on when the Nazi propaganda took hold of that? that country and really roused it uh, to success in the most awful of, of ways. Remember where Germany was in the 1930s uh, that, you know, they'd been humiliated after world war one, they were under these terrible reparations and uh, you know, it was a lot less morally clear about the German responsibility for the war between Russia, France, uh, England, and, and Germany. It wasn't as clear um, about, you know, as world war two was. So they're feeling, really bad and, and, the, and the place is a mess and the Weimar Republic's coming apart and the Nazi propaganda comes on and shows it's unrealistic. It's a lie, but it, it shows kind of a clean, totally 
you know, successful, organized German state. And if we can, you know, and you demonize these people because the, the, the Nazis demonized because they're responsible for holding you back. So you get something positive to look forward. Trump's whole thing and this whole conspiracy thing is, is just been this Russian wet dream of just make America feel like it sucks and it's never going to get better. Here's the thing. Like if you want to, at some point that's going to run out and be like, great, we suck. Well, we're, we're resilient people. We're, we're all, Greg, we talked about this a couple, uh, two or three, uh, weeks ago, I think about how we're all the children of the people from shithole countries Mm -hmm. who who dragged here with very few, you know, limited exceptions. It's like, we, we all came here in, in, in disrepair, uh, you know, except for the Indians and, you know, we're, we're all fighting our, our, our way up. And that is, that is something that people, you know, underestimate Americans uh, at their, at their peril. But this, you know, this fear of like, you know, well, something bad might happen. Well, I don't know. We got like 18% unemployment. We got, a, you know, a hundred bankruptcies of retail shops a month. Uh, the plague is here and we don't know if, who's going to be president tonight. I don't know. It's like Apollo 13. Well, what have we got on the ship? That's good. All right, mm-hmm. let's fix it. Let's let's make a <laughs> let's make a new air filter out of some socks and an old uh, notebook, right? And they did. They're like, "Fuck it, what? Are we, well, all right, let's do something." And that's kind of where we're at. I mean, you know, yeah, the place is, you know, America's uh, kind of fucked right now. Okay, great. We're you know we're we got that in our DNA. All right, what do we do next? Exactly. We're not going to just lay down. So. See you Monday, guys. Yeah. So now America's the underdog. Well, let's see what happens. Um, Greg, any any thoughts or questions or any other uh, things that you want to throw uh, at us? Look, this is how batshit everything is, okay? It's Friday. Mm-hmm. It's only, it's less than a week since the tax story came out in the New York Times. <laughs> taxes. That. We've been waiting for him to release for four years. Ah, it's yeah. been ah. less than a week, and we are now exactly an hour into this, and it hasn't even come up. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. That's how it's, fucking bad it is. Okay. It's a lifetime ago. Uh, yeah. That's it. $750. It's, I don't know if it's going to save him now. Well, you know, you we know. really, uh, I, you know, I've got an investigation going on in that. And I think that there's, there's a lot to still be found out in, in where that money yeah. is. Cause that money still is here. It's on this planet. It didn't leave this planet. It's Someone has that money. He's got it somewhere. Somebody else has got it. I don't know, but um, it's still on this planet. He does not, he's not that bad a businessman. Uh, he's more. Just well, I don't a, know about a, that. Uh, it's, yeah, he's a decent money launderer, probably. Uh, but I really, you know, if he's a bad businessman, uh, LB, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think. Look, we have to now careen through this weekend, mm-hmm. um, and everyone's even more unsettled. And we knew this was all coming. You know, I just want to remind everybody to remind you: it's October. We knew it was just. It's just off the rails it's going to be crazy and there'll be this stuff that comes you know who <laughs> i did not i didn't have trump gets COVID on my on my bingo card for october <laughs> um but it, it does change the whole game right and to a certain degree but here's what's constant what's constant is how we get to treat one another right with a lot of love and tenderness i encourage everybody to be in that space because always remember we're getting agitated our brains are getting agitated this is a time to really just you know mm-hmm. bring kindness as much kindness as you can to the forefront and that doesn't mm-hmm. mean to give up your resolve this is a time of great resolve and great clarity we're all still going to go vote we're, there's no there's no stopping an election just because this if this guy drops right nope so we nope, do that there is not and and you know, keep focused on the Senate. Remember that this that the whole ball game is actually the Senate, um, mm-hmm. and I think we have a better shot than we've ever had at taking the Senate. You know, it just keeps so. going, and that's really going in the right direction. And so, we just have to make it through these next four weeks. We can do it by keeping our arms around one another, believing in one another, believing mm-hmm. in the promise of this nation, and having incredible resolve when it comes to what we actually can do and the power that is upon us. It's our moment now. It's been this motherfucker's moment for fucking four years and before that guy knows that they all, it's been the traitor's time. Now it's our time. 
we're gonna vote. It's our moment. So don't back away from our moment. Don't let them frighten you out of your moment. Don't let them depress you or scare you. I know everything's at 11. It's just gonna be at 11, right? That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. It's still our moment. It's still our time. Mm -hmm.